2020. So I don't expect you to remember all this, but it is written down for you to help you. I really, and my hope in doing this, um, I hope this stuff about 2020 and what we're going to focus on, how you can pray for the church, I really hope this ends up on your uh, refrigerators. I hope this ends up in your car. I hope this ends up on your bathroom mirror tacked up there. I really want this to be something that we really engage and pray over and lean into as a congregation. So if you need to fold this thing in half and tack it up somewhere in your house, please do that, okay? 2020, uh, the road ahead. So here's what I want you to hear from me. If you don't hear anything this morning, if you don't remember anything about what all this 2020 business is about, here's what I want you to remember. We are not going anywhere. <laughs> we are not going anywhere, okay? I know there are uh, the last few months in this last year, with as difficult as it's been, there's murmurings of, is the church in trouble? Are we, uh, are we like a ship that's taking on water? Are we going to sink? No, we are not, okay? The reality is that the Lord has work for us to do in Charlotte, North Carolina. He does, and we're not going to abandon the work of the gospel here. We will not. So we're not going anywhere, folks, so be assured of that. We're not going anywhere, okay? Know that, hear that. Uh, okay, I'm just going to touch briefly on this because we introduced this last year at the annual meeting, okay? And this is something you see, it's on our website, it's printed in our bulletin. It's one of those things that can be like, yeah, 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 yeah that's great. But I want to go over it a little bit and just make sure we're clear on it. Um, and I call this the big picture. This isn't just about 2020. This is about the next several years for King of Kings, all this shared stuff. So you can see shared love, shared mission, shared life, worship at the center. The ethos behind this, and what I mean by this, this is our measure. This is our plumb line. You know what a plumb line is? It's what uh, a carpenter, someone uses to see if their line is true. Okay, It's the thing they go back to to measure against. This is our plumb line in the big picture. And the ethos behind it is this, okay, as Christians, we're new creations in Christ. I believe that it has more to say about who we are, our core identity, than anything else, and it's about grace, okay? Grace is a gift. Grace is something God gives us to share, okay? We don't keep it to ourselves. The work of the church is a communal endeavor. That's why these all say shared, okay? When we share this gift of grace, what we do is we invite someone into it. We invite other people into that. Since we've been rescued by Jesus, we're free to faithfully embrace what I call the three great calls of Scripture. Shared mission, shared love, shared life. I'm going to comment very ever so briefly on each of them. Uh, shared love, uh, I pull from the great commandment in Matthew 22, Mark 12, Luke 10, sort of emblematic verses. Uh, and it's just taking our cue from the Old Testament from Jesus. We're called to a life of love. Love the Lord your God with all of who you are. Love your neighbors yourself, right? So there's this all-encompassing love of God and of neighbor, okay? That's shared love, pretty basic. And again, this is not anything revolutionary. This is just, I hope, just good ecclesiology, okay? Shared mission, the emblematic verse here being the Great Commission of Matthew 28. Mission is one of our responses to the grace of God. Last week, we talked about someone hears about Jesus what do they do? They go and tell someone else about it, right? It becomes their come and see. Mission isn't this new idea that sort of originates with Jesus and the apostles. We have to sort of get that idea out of our head. It was always part of God's plan. It always was. Go back, look at Deuteronomy. The Lord tells Israel, 
you need to remember that you were slaves in Egypt. You need to remember that, okay? That helps you welcome others in when you remember that you were rescued. So God rescues us from slavery, right? Uh, and we might go and turn and rescue others with the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Jesus, okay? So there is a shared mission, okay? That's part of our identity. Last one, shared life, and I kind of believe this finds a good expression, that latter part of Acts 2, the great fellowship we see there. It's quite a picture of what it means to partake of life together on a very deep level. We have the privilege the joy of journeying through sort of the ups and downs and all the in-betweens of life together. We find encouragement in fellowship. We find strength in fellowship. We find a salve for loneliness and isolation in these relationships. Christian community is the living laboratory where we work out our faith. It just is. It's where, it's the where and the how we grow in faith, okay? So shared life. Notice, what's at the center? Worship. Uh, that is at the intersection. Without this, frankly, everything collapses. Every, nothing holds true unless we have worship. Without this, everything loses meaning and power. We will continue to worship in spirit and truth. That will not change. Okay? We will cont to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. That will not change. We will continue to glorify God in our worship. That will not change because without true worship we lose our way. We're completely disoriented, okay? Now, all of our activities as a church need to be guided by, I believe, these shared virtues. Now, uh, they're the why we do what we do. They're the big why. Now, uh, do we still have growing edges? Absolutely we do. Are we, are we there yet? No, we're not. Shared mission is a big area of growth for us, and play, it's related to place. Uh, but they're what we're aiming for. Okay? They're what we're going to hold to years to come. We're gonna, we'll revisit it next year and say, how are we doing? How's it going? Are we living into these virtues? Are we, where, where are we lacking? Are we doing well? So um, there are plumb line, our true north is a church. Okay, big picture. Okay, we'll go to our next slide. And I realize we're a little, little long on time. I'll, I'll hustle, but this is important stuff. I really don't want us to miss it. Let's zoom in. That was big picture. Let's talk about 2020, specifically 2020. Here's what I really believe the Lord is calling us into uh, this year. And I try to keep it simple because I think simplicity is good, okay? We're going to lean into Jesus. We're going to grow in the Holy Spirit, and we're going to build deeper community. I really think these are our calls. Lean into Jesus. Some will say, that's not really a strategy. Well, I would beg to differ. I think it is. We're going to lean into Jesus. As a church, I think our dependence, we have felt it greatly this year upon the Lord. My prayer is that our dependence on the Lord this year will increase, that we will lean even more upon our uh, need of Jesus. We need to welcome and invite a deeper level of discipleship here, and I think that's a, excuse me, across the board. We need to be more devoted followers of the radical call of Christ, our hearts and minds need to be formed and transformed. Folks, here's the deal. Uh, if we're just doing church here, we should shut it down. We should absolutely shut down the show and call it good. If we're just going to do church, there are plenty of places folks can do, go to in Charlotte to just do church. We can't just do church. We need to lean into Jesus, okay? We need to lean into the Lord. We need to abide with Jesus. Think of last week, that idea of abiding with him 
drawing our strength from that relationship. Uh, remember the question last week with the disciples, Lord, where are you staying? And what they meant and what the meaning of it really was, was where are you abiding? And he said, come and see. We need to abide with Jesus. So I believe the Lord is calling us to, to lean into him, lean into Jesus this year, even more. Two, grow in the Holy Spirit. Um, some of you have been around long enough, I think, that you've heard the Anglican Church described this way. And this was going back to like the Anglican Mission Days and such. They would say, we're a three-stream church, describing the Anglican Church. Um, and they would pull the three S's out. We're scriptural, we are sacramental, and we're spirit, or spirit-filled. Okay, have any of you familiar with the three streams thing? Okay, good, right on. So it's not completely a uh, new category. I really think we need to grow in the Holy Spirit. I think we need to bring it. I do. I think we need to grow in the Holy Spirit. We need to grow in the power and the presence and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. For some of us, the Holy Spirit might be a concept, sort of this construct theologically. For some of us, uh, the Holy Spirit is like that somewhat embarrassing third member of the Trinity kind of like the weird uncle in your extended family that only comes to Thanksgiving and, and does weird things, right? <laughs> kind of like that. The Holy Spirit is a person just like the Father and the Son. Equal, equal, equal. Uh, we are not cessationists. What did you just tell me? Uh, we don't believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit were just a jump start for the early church, but they're not really active anymore, Okay. The Holy Spirit is active and alive and involved in God's church, uh, as in the early church. And the attendant gifts of the Holy Spirit are present as well. So these gifts of the Holy Spirit are given, the scriptures tell us, for the common good of the entire body. Okay, And they are normative. They're not weird. They're not odd. They're normative, and they're scriptural, and they're biblical, and there's nothing to fear about those things. So I hope to see us grow in the Holy Spirit individually, corporately, certainly, in public worship, in private matters. If I can say it this way, and I mean this biblically, so you have to take the cultural sense away, could we use to be a little more charismatic? My answer is, yeah, I think we could. I sure do. We need to grow in the Holy Spirit, in the power and presence and practice and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Third member of the Trinity, okay? Lastly, build deeper community. Um, the vestry this year, off and on, has talked about this question, what's God calling us to do? Who's God calling us to be? Like, what's the identity of kings? What does God want for this church? And a theme that came up with several people again and again was connection. Connection. This relational connection, this desire for deeper Connection. That was a strong theme, a resounding theme uh, in our meetings all year long. Uh, my wonderful wife um, coined this, and I thought this is really good. Uh, we were talking about community and what that means and what it means to be in a relationship with each other and uh, as people of faith and such. She said, you know, there's a difference between familiarity and intimacy. There's a difference between familiarity and intimacy. Let me give you an example. Let's say you're married. You can be in a marriage of familiarity where you kind of divide up the tasks and do your thing and go about life, but you're kind of strangers cohabitating under the same roof. That is not intimacy. 
You might be very familiar with one another. Oh, sure, I know his habits. She knows mine. You know, vice versa. Sure, that's fine. But that's not intimacy. That is not connection. That's just cohabitation. Intimacy. We are created for deep connections, and we are created for meaningful relationships. God wired us that way. Okay? So I want us to go deeper in our shared life, if you will, if I can riff off that, our shared life together. It's why we stress pastorates so much for that very reason, because they're the living lab where we work out uh, our, our salvation with fear and trembling in some ways, and why we need more of them, hint, hint. Okay? Now, the challenge we face is it's difficult to build community and relationships when all you have is a Sunday morning in a commuter church that meets in a temporary space, okay? That's really hard. Our context is very challenging. It is. We want to build community that extends beyond just Sunday morning, right? We want to invite others into something. That's the shared life piece. But I will say this, and it's not just about the space. If you want Christian community, you will have to work for it. You will have to prioritize it, and you will have to be intentional about it. If you expect Christian community to sort of happen, all I can say is in my experience, good luck. You have to commit yourselves to a group of people and say, I'm all in. So we want to be more than a Sunday morning church. More is needed than that. You have to invest Monday through Saturday, don't you? You bet you do. If you want the goods of community, that's just how it works, folks. So that is my challenge to us to build deeper community this year, okay? So lean into Jesus, go in the Holy Spirit, build deeper community. Let's go to our next slide. I'm really serious. I hope you guys do tack this up on your, your fridges and your mirrors and your cars. I really do. Um, and this, let's go ahead and, our ushers, can we go ahead and go get the kids to bring them up? Because we're, we're, yeah, because we got, it takes about 10 minutes, right? Right? Yes, there you go, thank you. Right, right, we're close to wrapping up. Yes. Uh, so some of you have gone, okay, Joel, 2020, that's sort of spiritual talk. Give me some practicals. Okay, fine. I'll give you some practicals. I'll, I'll try to ground this as, as best I can. Um, you want to pray for King of Kings? You want to fast for King of Kings this year? I, I hope you do. Uh, one or both. I hope you do. Here's some things that you can pray and fast on. Worship space. Don talked about it. I've talked about it throughout the year ad nauseum. Uh, don't need to say much more than that. I think there's a, a renewed sense of mission is actually going to come with that worship space okay two with that and i believe related to that a renewed sense of mission and purpose we struggle with mission i've heard questions on all levels just kind of the wait why are we doing what we're doing again we know the right answer to that but it's been very hard to keep going because we've been a set up tear down church for 19 years and guess what we're weary and we're tired and what would happen to all those human resources that we spend on a Sunday morning making this happen? What would happen if 80% of that went away? Folks, <laughs> we need a vision of what God can do with that. God can do something with that. So, a renewed sense of mission and purpose. Pray fast on that. 
new worship leader. Music? You think music matters? Does. Jordan and Reed have done a lovely job. Lovely. But these guys aren't an, they're an exhaustible resource, if I can put it that way. They're doing a wonderful job. And it's pretty hard to do this and keep pulling this off week after week. So we need the provision of a worship leader, okay? Someone who can help us worship spirit and in truth. That's something you can pray for. Lastly, I would say continued financial provision. Uh, Dana and Ted talked about that. God has been so faithful to us, and that has been wonderful. And we want to see that bear out into this year, into 2020. So financial provision, okay?